Welcome to the Taproom Post Net Podcast. I am Delta Zero Four, and we will be covering the Nets topic of the week. Welcome, y'all. I am Delta Zero Four, located in the Redoubt of the South. This is Tapern Postnet Podcast, Episode 14-20. Every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, Tapern has an amateur radio HF net. The primary purpose for the net is to promote self-reliance and preparedness in all aspects of modern life. The goal of the net is to share and disseminate information that can help everyone achieve individual independence and self-reliance. During the net, we'll have a topic of the evening, so this podcast is a summary of the combined knowledge our check-ins share during the Tapern Nets. If y'all have questions about Tapern, feel free to go to the following website, www.amron.com. Phonetically, that's www.alpha-mike-romeo-romeo-oscar-november.com. In the beginning of this year, the Amron Group and Tapern Group merged, so you can find Tapern information, including the net schedule and frequency, at the Amron site. All right, let's take a quick break, and then I'll provide y'all a net check-in report, and then we'll finally cover the October 19th Tapern Net topic. And we're back. For October 19th, 2014, Tapern had a total of 37 check-ins from the following states. Seven from Virginia, seven from Florida, four from New York, three from Ohio, two from Georgia, two from South Carolina, two from Illinois, one from North Carolina, one from Massachusetts, one from Minnesota, one from Indiana, one from Colorado, one from Kentucky, one from Montana, one from Oklahoma, one from Texas, and one from Arkansas. Thanks everyone for checking in. Before we cover our topic, I have two reminders. The Tapron Digital Nets is on the first and third Sunday of the month at 8 p.m. Eastern on 7.078 plus 12 using Contestia 4 250. The Taproom Voice Net is now on 3.818 lower sideband or thereabout, depending on QRM. Check the Amron.com Nets page for information. This week's topic was raising chickens. For the most part, raising chickens is not very hard. There are two different types of chickens, layers and broilers. We'll quickly cover basics like breeds, water, feed, space needed, and what to expect. Most like-minded folks get layers because they typically provide you five to seven eggs per chicken per week for about one and a half years and then after that they can still go in the soup pot. The most common layer is the Rhode Island Red. The common broiler which will provide you more meat is the Jersey Giant or Plymouth Rocks. Orphingtons are kind of a dual purpose chicken where they give you some more meat than the small layers but they typically don't provide you as many eggs per week. Next we'll talk about water. It is 
is very important to keep the chicken's water container clean and full. It is surprising how much chickens will drink per day, especially on a hot summer day. If you use some sort of bucket or barrel container, it is suggested you flush out and clean the container every once in a while to keep the water clean. Another suggestion, especially on extremely hot summer days, is to add a little bit of ice cubes to the water. The cool water is kind of a treat for the chickens. Next is feed. There are three types of feed, starter, grower, and layer. The major difference between these feeds is the amount of protein in them. If you are raising broilers, you'll only need starter and grower feed. If you are raising layers, you'll begin with starter feed from newborn chicks to three weeks of age. The feed has between 21 and 24 percent protein. Then after three weeks, you'll switch to grower feed, which contains between 17 and 20 percent protein. If you are raising broilers, you'll stick with grower feed until it's butcher time. If you are raising layers, you'll use this feed until your chickens start laying, which can be around five months, depending on the breed. Once they start laying, as long as you give them whole grain food with about 15 to 17 percent protein, they will provide eggs for you and your family. As far as consumption, on average, each laying hen will consume about one and a half pounds of feed per week. One suggestion is to also add a supplement of crushed oyster shells into their diet, which folks say help develop strong eggshells. And in case y'all didn't know, there are non-GMO feeds available for those who prefer the healthiest, most natural feed for their chickens. Also, one more additional thing to think about is grass and bugs. Chickens love to eat bugs, so make sure you have a lot of outside space for them to roam around. Speaking of roaming around, next we'll talk about the space needed per chicken, both inside a coop and outside a run. Typically, it's recommended that each chicken should have about two to four square foot inside a chicken coop. For inside the coop, some folks use shavings and some prefer finer sawdust. It's a personal preference which to use, but as long as you keep the coop clean, your chickens will be happy. Some folks prefer their chickens to free range, but if you can't do that due to various reasons, you can create chicken runs to protect them. For chicken runs, in order to give them enough space to roam, they easily need two to three times more space than the coop. And don't forget the nesting boxes and chicken roost. The nesting box can be something as simple as a milk crate with some hay in the bottom. If the box is about the size of a milk crate, typically a couple of chickens will share the nesting box. So do not think you'll need as many nesting boxes as you have chickens. And a few chicken roost is a must to help the chickens feel secure at night while sleeping. Roost can be as simple as a few fallen tree branches hung at various heights. Last, we'll talk about what to expect. When you first get chicks, expect one or two to possibly die. And also, even though hatcheries do a pretty good job of providing all hens, you may get a rooster due to the gender of chickens is not foolproof. Now, some of y'all may want a rooster. As long as your family doesn't mind hearing that infamous alarm clock, sometimes even before the crack of dawn, then go for it. But please keep in mind two things. First is some county ordinances allow hens but do not allow roosters. And the other thing to keep in mind is security. In a long-term disaster situation, you may not want that rooster attracting attention to your property. And don't think that just because you were lucky enough to get all hens that you are free from the infamous alarm clock. There have been situations where a brazen hen who thinks she's all that and a bag of chips will actually start mimicking a rooster-like call first thing in the morning. I kid you 
not. One of my friends had one such hen, and he even threatened to post a sign of Colonel Sanders in the hen house. I don't know what happened to that hen, but I have a small feeling it found its way in a soup pot. Speaking of hens with attitudes, you may experience a broody hen. That's a hen that thinks she has to stay in a nesting box to hatch her eggs. They can get downright ugly and maybe even peck your hand when you try to collect her eggs. To be prepared for this scenario, you'll need some sort of isolated area with food and water for her to hang out in for a few days. Some folks even use a small dog crate. Speaking of, that same isolated area can be used to protect an injured chicken. For some reason, chickens are notorious for attacking injured chickens at the first sign of blood. So keep an eye on your flock and at the first sign of a chicken being injured, it may be a good idea to temporarily isolate them depending on the type of injury. For layers, they will lay as long as there is daylight. During the long summer daylight hours, you'll typically get an egg per day per chicken. During the shorter winter daylight hours, if you want that same egg production, you'll need to make some modifications to your coop, like add a time-controlled light. This will basically trick the chickens into thinking it's still daylight, even though it's already dark outside. Some folks say their chickens don't seem to mind cooler or even some cold weather, but if you live in a region that consistently gets extreme winter weather, you might want to consider some sort of heater inside the coop during the winter season. When you are looking into building chicken runs, keep in mind the protection your chickens will need. Predators like to show up both from underground and above ground. Don't forget that a raccoon, fox, or possum can dig under a fence or wire, so some folks suggest to bury the chicken run wire at least 12 to 18 inches under the ground. Another suggestion is to think about predators from the air, so consider having some sort of netting covering the run. The less stress the chickens experience, the better they will lay for you. No matter if you decide to raise broilers or layers, please make sure to check your local laws regarding raising chickens. If you do have laws or ordinances that prevent you from raising them right now, one suggestion is to get to know someone locally who does raise them. There are several advantages to this. One, you can buy fresh eggs. Two, you can probably get some great advice on raising them. And three, if they are a friend, you might even be able to get some first-hand experience with the daily routine of keeping them. Then, if a long-term disaster occurs, you can possibly barter with that person to regularly get some fresh eggs. Or better yet, you could possibly get some chickens of your own and you'll be ahead of the game since you've already gained useful knowledge and experience raising them. Then you can have fresh eggs of your own that will feed your family or maybe even provide you with a valuable bartering item. All right, y'all. That is all for this episode. A special thanks to those who checked into the net and provided us all the great information to share. God bless everyone. Until next week, this is Delta Zero Four Clear.